3CR Community Radio, giving the voice to communities since 19... Panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. I'm your host, Sally Goldner, and I use the pronouns she and her. 3CR broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal and or Torres Strait Islander people listening from any lands on this continent and surrounding islands and any First Nations people from other parts of planet Earth and acknowledge that all the lands on this continent were stolen and never ceded. And if you want to get in touch with the show, there's lots to get in touch um, about today. It's a packed program in the awards, uh, in the words of some two immortal British comedians of the 1970s. Um, out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61456751215 on Twitter at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line, and post on Facebook on Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne, and also at my page Sally Goldner, and any opinions on the show are my own. Don't think there'll be anything um, of major content note today, maybe some discussion of lateral hostility in the second half of the show which I'll just talk about now. If you watched the Mardi Gras telecast last night, I was out, which I might get time to talk about. Um, give, pop some feedback through to me. What did you think? Did the ABC do a good job? Um, Mon Shafter is pretty good, but um, what did you think of the commentators? Yay, nay, indifferent to all of them. Uh, how did the ABC manage that there were so many corporate floats in there, given that they can't mention sponsorship? Any comments at all? Love to hear from you. But the main part of the show today is, um, well... It's not sort of love, it's definitely love, sex and intelligence in a way. And as the shaman sang on the opening, because we had a huge progressive win here in Victoria around three to four weeks ago with the passing through the Victorian State Parliament of sex worker law reform that's been long overdue. It's a great achievement and for having a chance today to catch up with the acting manager of Vixen, who's joining me um, on the Zooms now. Dylan, Dylan, welcome back to the 3CR Airwaves, to which you're well, no stranger. Uh, hi, Sally. It's lovely to be back. <laughs> it is really good to have you. And, well, you know, first of all, I mean, when the legislation was either, you know, had pretty much passed both houses or completely both houses um, of Parliament, did you, what, was there any, did you have any recollection of how you felt or thought at the time? It was like, because it's a, you know, it's a big thing to get this sort of major law reform. Oh, look, I mean, it was a little bit surreal, honestly. It's, um, the you know, the passage of the of the Sex Work Decriminalisation Bill 2021, which we, we can say ACT now, it's received royal assent now. Um, so, yep, yep. So it's, look, it's a huge achievement as, you know, as I know you're really aware, Sally, and I'm mm. sure many, many people listening are probably aware already of how huge this is. But I guess for anybody who doesn't maybe have some of that background, um, sex workers in Victoria, we've been organising together, campaigning, lobbying, advocating, um, you know, d- demanding the decriminalisation of our work literally for decades, mm. um, as, as have sex workers, you know, across so-called Australia and um, indeed across the world. Yep. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, yeah, I, I was in the, I was in the gallery when the, um, when the vote happened in the upper house and it was, you know, with, with a bunch of other sex workers and it was really huge. Um I think it's, it's, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's sort of, it's hard to believe it's actually finally happened. Mm. Um, there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of work to do, but I think 
you know, for many, many years, Victorian sex workers have been, and in fact, we, we still are because, um, you know, the, the laws haven't been implemented yet. Um, we, we've been working under a dangerous and discriminatory mm. system called, li- called licensing, which is also the system of regulating sex work that exists in Queensland currently um hopefully not for too much longer um and licensing what licensing does is it and what it has done in victoria is it's created a two-tiered sex industry so it's created a system where a small number of sex workers and sex work businesses are able to attempt to comply with these really onerous um non-evidence-based um Mm -hmm. really dangerous laws um and a much larger percentage of, of sex workers are actually forced to work outside of the legal framework where we're, um, you know, at, at heightened risk of uh, police targeting and harassment, face huge barriers to our occupational health and safety, to accessing services, but also for sex workers who've been able to comply with the laws. Um, if you're complying with the laws at the moment, what you're actually doing is making decisions based on discriminatory dangerous requirements rather Mm -hmm. than on your own health and safety needs and whatever part of the the system we're in police are the key regulators which is Mm. obviously not true for other forms of work and so what victorian sex workers have been have been calling for for a really long time is um we you know we we didn't want the laws amended we didn't want changes we wanted the entire licensing system thrown in the bin yep. um we haven't we haven't totally we haven't nine, we haven't 100% achieved that but we've come very very close and i think that you know um the the bill brings about you know, a range of really, really urgently needed essential changes that are going to, um, once they come into effect, have, you know, yeah, major, major positive improvements for our workplace health and safety. Yeah, um, well, that's what I want. And, and access to justice as well, yeah. Yeah, well, that's let's get through the, detail, the details of that, the details of the positives of the changes, and we should, now that yeah. the bill has royal assent um, and is now an act, when does it come into force and what, um, first of all, is just a quick question, and then run through some of the positives, um, as many as you like, I suppose, um, of the oh, regulation yeah, of the many, new laws yeah. when they come into effect. Yeah, so um, so the bill, come, well, the Act, I should say, comes into effect in, in two stages or two tranches. So mm. the first stage comes into effect um, on, on the 10th of May this year, so mm-hmm. very, very soon. Um, and that does bring in some immediate changes. Um, the full dismantlement of the of like the brothel licensing system, for example, that doesn't um, and other changes don't come into effect until the end of 2023 uh, as part yep. of stage two. So it's not going to be overnight. Um, and of course, it will take time for you know um, things like ongoing stigma and discrimination yeah. that we experience as sex workers. Obviously, you know, as with any kind of legislative reform, yeah. it, it's not the case as we know that that comes into effect and immediately, um, you know, neutralizes all of that or makes it dissolve. So there's going to be a lot of you know ongoing work needed on that front too. But this is obviously a crucial first step. I mean, some of the I think some of the things to highlight in the bill, because look, it is, it, it's in, yeah, it, in many ways, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a really, really fantastic piece of legislation. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, one thing I'd like to immediately highlight is the, the, an end to the criminalization of um, sex workers living with STIs and bloodborne viruses, including HIV. So we finally are going to have in Victoria an end to the criminalization of HIV Excellent. for sex workers. Yeah which um, I know you're very aware of this, Sally, and I, mm. I imagine some listeners might be, but um, 
when when broader reforms around HIV criminalisation happened in Victoria, um, sex workers were left behind. Mm. Um, and so that was a real missed opportunity, I think. And so this is now, um, you know, vitally needed. Um, an end to the, as part of that, the discriminatory mandatory testing regime that sex workers have been forced to endure for huh? many years yep. in Victoria. Um, so, uh, you know, mandatory testing was a requirement based on really just stereotypes about yeah. sex workers as, as vectors of disease. Um, and was is really just a surveillance regime for sex workers requiring us to get testing um, when actually sex workers in Victoria and, and across the country have um, rates of STIs and bloodborne viruses that are equal to or actually lower than um, in a number of cases the broader population. Um, and, you know, sex workers via our strategies of peer education and community-based health promotion um, you know, as a community, we're very, very strong. We're, you know, we're public health and sexual health experts. So mandatory testing was this, um, yeah, just stigmatising and discriminatory requirement that is just a product of stigma and then created more stigma. So that's fantastic to have that gone. Um, I think that uh, other things we could talk about is an end to registration yeah. requirements for sex workers. So that will come, though these changes come into effect um, in the first stage. So require for individual sex workers to register um you know our full details our photo id our addresses our aliases with you know with the business licensing authority um and that's been a record that you can um you can never get your name removed from you can deactivate your records but it's it's retained as a historic record it's been there's been situations where somebody's died and it's been impossible to get their name removed even so and that, um, and that will now change you can get it completely removed well, what will change is that there will be no registration requirement. Ah, okay. So, which is vital. So there'll be no requirement to register. And, and really crucially, um, the government uh, committed, um, you know, into, into the Hansard in the upper house in the debate, they committed to uh, destroying the existing gotcha. records on or before the 10th of May. So um, there's been a lot of discussion in sex worker community already about how we'd like to verify that or how we'd like to uh, memorialise it. I am imagining some sort of – well, that was exactly what I was going to say. This huge bonfire of records going up. Um, um, That's that's very warm. It would be very warming as we head into May. Um, So that's excellent. Early winter solstice activity perhaps. That's that's right. Well, I mean for Wiccan and Pagan sex workers, I think in particular – that could yeah. be a great intersection. So that there's a few, Absolutely. there's a few, few big benefits. Um, but there's lots of yeah, other and ones I guess as well. Crucially, yeah, I think crucially, what we're talking about for the most part is that the bill does just it does dismantle the criminalisation and licensing system in Victoria, and it removes police as for the most part. And I'll I'm making some caveats as you can hear, which I'll come I'll come back to yep. in a moment when we talk a little bit maybe about some of those issues where we would like further further reforms. Yeah, but for the most part what we are seeing is a dismantlement of the licensing regime, yeah. um, which is a failed system, mm. which is not based in evidence, succeeds in no jurisdiction, um, and uh, really, yeah, ha- has really served no purpose other than to, as I say, to create this kind of, this two-tiered, two-tiered sex industry um, and at huge cost to sex worker safety and health um, and, uh, you know, has has negatively impacted sex workers across many facets of our lives. So crucially, the removal of police as the regulators of the sex industry, um, access to, uh, you know, access to WorkSafe um, and things like that, um, 
really what what these reforms are about and what the decriminalization of sex work is about is recognizing sex work as work yep um not treating it separately and and you know i think for for people who are you know, less familiar with decrim, I think an important thing to understand is that it's not that the decriminalisation of sex work means um, no regulation. It's that it's a whole-of-government approach to regulating sex work. Um, At the moment, there are literally hundreds of pages of laws um, regulating sex work in Victoria across different pieces of legislation, including the Sex Work Act, but many others, that exceptionalise sex worker health and safety, uh, that criminalise us, that subject us to huge amounts of surveillance um, and and discrimination. So actually, that's another thing that it would be good to highlight is uh, there's been, as part of this, there will be a repeal of the uh, exemption in the Equal Opportunities Act that allows landlords and other accommodation providers to lawfully discriminate against sex workers. So that's really huge. That accommodation-based discrimination being repealed is a really huge step. So look, there's, yeah... I mean, un- unquestionably, um, these changes are going to deliver a huge amount um, yeah. for Victorian sex workers. There was just one I wanted to bounce off your last point, and that is that I understand sure. there's been a new attribute added to Equal Opportunity Act um, being occupation, mm. which has obviously got to be helpful for sex workers and probably other occupations as well. Um, so that's sort of not only have we gone from getting rid of the negatives of, of criminalisation, we haven't just gone to neutral, it's sort of given some positive protection as well in a sense and now you know people will have a positive duty to end discrimination like they do for gender identity sexuality race etc for sure so yeah so what what the bill has done is it has introduced to the equal opportunities act as protected attributes um trade profession and occupation Uh and and look you're, you're right that is hugely positive and um we really do support that i guess though that is an example of an area where you know to really ensure the successful implementation of decriminalisation, we would have liked to have seen that go further. So sex workers were advocating throughout this process to, in addition to those attributes, to have sex work and sex worker as protected attributes um, separately to that. So, and that was actually one of the amendments that um, Andy Medic um, of the Animal Justice Party put up um, during yeah. during uh, yeah, during the committee stage in the upper house. And um yeah, he, he put up a number of amendments and Vixen and Scarlet Alliance worked with his office quite closely on those. So un- unfortunately that, you know, that yeah, uh, that amendment didn't get up, but that is something we will be continuing to advocate for. Um, it's sex workers experience, um, you know, we experience just intense levels of discrimination and stigma across all facets of our lives in a way that um, is different from people in other occupations. And I think is, you know, in many ways is probably more comparable to the kind of, you know, pervasive stigma and discrimination that many of us face as trans people, for example. Yeah. Um, it's something that happens to sex workers. Um, yeah, really, really across all facets of our lives, as I said. And so, what we know is that, unfortunately, while while decriminalisation is an essential step in addressing the kind of discrimination that sex workers face, we know that under you know um, under any model, it's currently the case that there is just still an immense amount of stigma and discrimination. Um, there's been research where, um, for example, um, health practitioners have 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 admitted that they would like have openly said yes I would discriminate against someone or I would treat them differently if they were a sex mm. worker 
Um, We know that there are just immense barriers to accessing a range of services for us because of that, as well as the kind of just, um, you know, the kind of vilification and harassment that sex workers face um, due to, to horse stigma. And so while those, while we, we do support um, and welcome the the introduction of um, occupation, trade, and profession as protected attributes. We we do want to see that go further, um, and that's a you know that's a campaign happening at a national level as well. So yeah. we yeah, sex workers need access to really robust and effective anti discrimination protections, um, well, let- or not even protections, but I guess uh, ways you know. Uh, mechanisms for redress when we experience discrimination. Yeah, so let's link that into where the bill, you know, um, sadly, you know, fell short as much as there was a mm. lot of support um, from a range of people that got it through Parliament. There were things that you would have liked in there, um, you know, sort of what were some of those um, sort of aspects that you wanted to run yeah, through? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of things that I'd highlight. I think, I think one in particular would be that, you know, uh, Really, really unfortunately and really disappointingly, um, the the bill does leave some sex workers behind. Mm. So um, we are going to see uh, a retention of criminalisation of street-based sex work. So under the laws, when they when they come into effect, um, for clarity, everything is now still, you know, we, we haven't seen an actual change to the laws yet. It hasn't come into effect, as I said. But when yeah. it does come into effect, what will happen is that street-based sex work will be criminalised in, uh, in certain places at certain times of day and on specific days of the year. Mm. Um, and so, you know, we are seeing criminalisation of street-based sex work near particular locations, including... Uh, places of worship mm-hmm. um, and uh, during the daytime, basically, between 6am and 7pm. Oh. Um, and on prescribed, there are going to be prescribed days that have not yet been clarified or, as I understand it, have not yet been, um, yeah, I think it's still a matter for government um, to identify what those days are, but prescribed, yeah, prescribed religious days. Um, so that's obviously really disappointing. And I think, look, there's lots we could say about that, but I think the really important takeaway is that we can't say that Victoria has achieved full decriminalisation. Um, and, you know, I've heard people talk about this as if it's sort of, um, you know, proximity measures or things like that. It isn't, it is just, there will be offences, um, you know, there are still street-based sex work offences um, under yep. the, the laws that are coming in. And what that means is that for those sex workers, um, it is still um, police as the regulators. Mm. It is still um, it is still the case of being forced to make decisions based on, you know, avoiding, yeah, avoiding police interaction, um, navigating laws rather than being able to purely make decisions based on, on, on health and safety. Um, and so um, it's, yeah, it's really disappointing and it will mean that, um, you know, I, I guess the thing is that in so many ways, the changes we're seeing are this fantastic, really um, strong recognition from the Andrews government that, um, that criminalisation and licensing doesn't work and that it produces huge barriers for sex workers to accessing justice, to accessing services, um, to to not experiencing discrimination and to, you know, being able to um, essentially be treated as other workers are. However, at the same time, because 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 the bill does retain the criminalisation of some sex workers, for those workers that isn't going to change. Yep. You know, those same barriers will still exist. 
Yeah. There was one question that I had, and I've heard this, so please correct me if I have it wrong, but sure. that doesn't cover the Act doesn't cover kink sex work, um, or is that not true? Um, I wouldn't. I'm not, yeah. W- without being clear on exactly what you're referring to, I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like, as I say, just it was something that I'm. I saw. I thought I saw. I read that it didn't cover BDSM type of work or something, and I was quite surprised by that. So I'm glad it's glad it's clear oh well, if you if you if you find if you find what you read feel free to flick it flick it through and we can always do a follow-up conversation about it in future. definitely you'll, you'll have me back once again sally for sure well <clears throat> that leads into the last part of the interview that i wanted to talk about because you are now the acting manager of vixen not vixen collective yeah. anymore because you've got some exciting news about the ongoing ongoing growth of vixen which is really awesome yeah, it's very exciting. So, um, you know, Victoria's been in a in a unfortunately pretty unique situation for many years of not having a funded um, 100% peer sex worker organisation. And for anybody not clear on what that means, when we say peer sex worker organisation, we mean an organisation that is run, run 100% by and for current and former sex workers. So... No, no non-sex workers involved, no owners or operators or, you know, receptionists or um, other third parties, just sex workers. Yep. Um, and so obviously, um, obviously Vixen has been around for a really long time, but for all of that time, we've, we've been doing that without funding. You know, Vixen's existed since 2005 and has always been, always been run on the, you know, the unpaid voluntary kind of blood, mm. sweat and tears of Victorian sex workers you know, working together as part of our own community. Um, but but as of this year, the really exciting change is that we are we are receiving funding um, and we're actually being auspiced to receive that funding by our wonderful National Peak Scarlet mm-hmm. Alliance. So we will be, um, yeah, having this great partnership with Scarlet Alliance on the path towards Vixen becoming, a you know, an autonomous, um, independent, funded sex worker organisation, um, which is huge for Victorian sex workers. You know, we've... we've really not had access to many of the things that we need access to as a community um so having having this funding is going to um yeah i think really with this and with um with with uh with the decrim bill i think this is just a hugely historic year for victorian sex workers Mm -hmm. and i think if you're a sex worker and you're and you're listening to this in victoria um I'd really encourage you to, to you know, to, to reach out to Vixen and also to, to keep your eyes peeled for a lot of the changes um, where, you know, to be able to have funding means um, really a massive increase in the kind of vital peer education and outreach and support that, you know, that sex workers can offer each other in Victoria to be able to have, um, you know, a male outreach project worker, um, trans and gender diverse project um, street-based outreach, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander sex worker project workers, um, uh, particularly as well, um, you know, called project workers in yep. key languages. Um, so uh, Korean, Thai and Chinese to have those bilingual peer educators. Um, and, you know, it's, I just think it's, um, yeah, look, it's, it's hugely exciting. Um, oh, look, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think those words, um, historic year, that's going to, I think that's my, um, my quote for the podcast <laughs> when it goes up um, today. Seriously, it is, it is really, yeah. really wonderful. And we all know that people with the lived expertise in any group are the ones to really guide and lead things. 
And so that's really good that it is, you know, peer, peer-based, peer people with the past or present lived expertise is fantastic. Um, is yeah, the- you know, Vixen's been always really proud to be 100%, you know, yep. 100% buy-in for sex workers. And so that isn't going to change. It's absolutely, it's, you know, it's absolutely still like that. But now um, with the resourcing to do so much more. Um, and I think that, you know, I think what both Decrim uh, and... Uh, and the establishment of a funded peer sex worker organisation in Victoria really point to is this recognition, as you say, of the the power and importance of nothing about us without us, yep. and that sex workers via you know sex workers via our our modes of organising together we 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 always need to be. I was about to say we need to be centred um, in, in processes that are about us, but actually we already are at the centre of it. Um, it's just that needs to be. Yeah, that always needs to be recognised. And, ne- um, and needs to, if it's not 100% now, or if it's 99.5% now, it needs to be 110% or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think that's what, you know, that's what people can look forward to to hearing a lot more from from us and from the Victorian sex worker community in general about over the, over the coming year and beyond is that I think sex workers have been very, very clear in the lead up to the passage of the bill that we won't accept anything less then 100% full decrim for all sex workers that leaves no members of our community behind. And so, um, yeah, I think um, people should be expecting to to continue to hear those voices very, very loudly until we get that. Cool. There's just one last question before I wrap it up, and that's very quickly, is there anything allies can do and not do at this time that would further assist um, Vixen's work? Yeah, I mean, I think um, obviously... uh, you know, keep track of what we're doing. Follow us on social media. It's currently at Vixen Collective on Twitter. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. We're not on Instagram yet, um, but but watch the space. Um, I think, you know, I think amplification is always really powerful. Yep. Um, I think if you are part of, you know, if you are someone who's organising in another space and you're not a sex worker and you think that there's an issue around sex work, um, come and talk to us about it. Um, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to organize in solidarity with you. So I think those are, those are some of the things that people can do and to, to listen, yeah, to listen to sex workers, um, and to recognize us as the experts in our own lives and work. Cool. And just, um, one other thing, we've had two comments in from some of our awesome listeners. Um, Mel has come in and said, great to see some progress on this issue. I know that the stigma of sex work is slowly changing and I'm optimistic for the future. And, um, and Peter has come in and uh, just asked whether you whether you watched Mardi Gras last night, which is a totally different. I I, I did not personally watch Mardi Gras last night, but I'll be uh, I'll be interested to hear the discussion about it in the second half of the show. <laughs> yeah, well, Mel's put some comments in there, and I'll have some as well. Although I didn't see it, but um, we'll have any more. So um, you are. Um, well, it's still Vixen Collective. You'll have to um, t- task for 9am tomorrow. You'll have to buy up the domain names vixen.org and .com and point them or something. As these we in- sure will. As these internet people do. But Dylan, it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful result for you, for sex workers, for those who have organised and led for so long. And I, you know, if I can, I, I interviewed Jane Green on this show quite a few times and they did so yeah. much work, but so many other people did. And I just wanted to mention Jane, who's just one of the awesome humans. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Look, so many, um, you know, so many people have done, you know, it's D 
decrim is like a mess. It's a, in any kind of change, right? It's like a mess relay race. It's not a marathon. So many sex workers have contributed so much. And yeah, I absolutely feel really honored to be, to be part of that movement alongside all those wonderful whores. Absolutely. Well, there's another quote for the pod, the podcast um, title page. <laughs> <laughs> so right. um, look, really thank you for your time today. Um, look after yourself, stay in touch with any announcements, news, um, what we can do. And we look forward to more, um, you know, magnificent stuff um, in the future. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Sally. Great to be on. Pleasure. Dylan, um, from Vixen Collective, and um, you're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
subscribe to 3CR. Where else can you hear radical news, analysis, music and opinions? Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe or call the station on 03 Listen to Hillbilly Fever every Saturday night from 11pm to 2am for classic country artists like Hank Williams, Moo Mullican, Lefty Vazell, Hank Snow and many more. Remember, Hillbilly Fever every Saturday night from 11pm only on 3CR. And do it all Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU and three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally first broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Thanks once again to Dylan from Vixen. The Acmeal Dylan is the acting manager of Vixen, and great to see it, um, the organisation and sex workers in Victoria move forward by such a long way. Uh, prior to the messages, we had two tracks. The first of the two tracks was Huey Lewis and Jacob's Ladder. Yes, they're climbing step by step. And that's from an album called Huey Lewis and the News' Greatest Hits, Because We Can. And we followed that up with a track from Katie Lang's album, which someone kindly, um, nothing to do with radio, no cash for comments here, um, um, gave me called Reintoronation. Uh, yeehaw to that. And it's remixes of various tracks from throughout KD's career. And that one, Cowgirl Pride, was originally from the movie Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. And um, we then heard the message for Hillbilly Fever, one of the great shows on 3CR. And we also heard about subscribing. You can still do it. Um, you know, Yes, February's over, but you can subscribe any time. We'll do. You can subscribe on drag time, which leads into Mardi Gras. Um, Anyone would think this show was planned, and that's a total lie, and well, you'll be sued for defamation. Seriously, a um, couple of comments in. So uh, Mel's also commented in her message to me on out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. Did you watch Mardi Gras? I can't believe Hamish McDonald actually wore eye makeup on the ABC. Lol, it was great to see a prominent journalist do that. No, I didn't watch Mardi Gras. I was going to, and then had a dinner date um, with friends, which I will talk about just before the end of the show. Um, and, um, well, that's pretty awesome. I mean, there's some, you know, a bit of gender, small bit of gender diversity, but it just goes to show that really anyone of any body, sex, gender identity, um, whatever you want can wear makeup, nail polish, whatever, what's the hassle schmassle. Um, so that's a good thing. And, um, over on the, um, um, messages on Facebook that I've been getting, um, We've had um, um, Peter saying there's been a lot more um, grassroots groups in Mardi Gras and it was a good mix. And um, come back to some of your other comments um, in a minute there, Peter, and sending there's pictures of ALP representation at Mardi Gras. And, you know, the Liberals sent along um, Dave Sharma and Trent Zimmerman, which is fair, at least they crossed the floor. I mean... There was some talk, you know, before the religious discrimination bill debate about a month ago that for any other Liberals who voted for the bill to march in Mardi Gras would be a bit, um, well, 
you know, inappropriate or illogical or something, and that's a reasonable statement. So I think that's fair that um, they marched, and some of the Labor politicians who marched, there was quite a few. Um, come back to the Mardi Gras issue in a minute, but of course there's other news um, that is of, well, I'm going to say of greater importance. Um, and, um, well, first of all, over to the Ukraine and um, well, last week I mentioned that at times I felt a bit helpless about what I could do, and um, I have to give um, you know sort of um, some credit to uh, well not credit I want to mention the uh, the um, um, TGEU Transgender Europe have put out have on on their website which you can easily search have put out a how you can support. Um, Ukraine at this time, which I think is really good that you've got that sense of queer and European um, location. Um, it's just hard to believe that something like this is happening in this day and age. Yes, there's um, wars um, you know, everywhere and you know, people get displaced and killed and horrible things. And you know, it's just um, hard to believe. So we're on the front page of tgeu.org, you can click on the Ukrainian flag and um, you know, TGBEU has been in touch with our Ukrainian member organisations as well as civil society outside Ukraine to organise shelters, fundraising, donations, and um, there's sort of um, there's a trans-specific impact which it talks about. Um, so the thing is, trans people with ID documents not matching their gender identity cannot pass internal checkpoints. So that means they've got less chance of fleeing. Woo. Yes. Trans people currently not allowed to leave Ukraine if they are fighting or perceived as male or having a male gender marker. Um, you know, sort of um, lots of other things here. There's fears of losing access to HIV medication or hormone replacement therapy. Um, so you can support trans and LGB organisations um, in, in Ukraine. There's a list on this page, tgeu.org, and then click on the Ukraine flag. The other news of the week, um, the floods um, in parts of this continent, um, you know, sort of I, Lismore struck me as, of course, a relatively major regional centre in Australia with the Tropical Fruits Festival nearby every year. So that's obviously hugely um, troubling. I do have a very good friend who lives in Lismore and I um, was expecting a message from that person and... Um, um, obviously didn't get it, and it was like, duh, that's why. And I do have to say, um, regardless of what one thinks of Mardi Gras, um, a lot of the smaller businesses, because of the floods in Sydney, businesses down and where they make a lot of money in relation to this, and yes, some small businesses need it, regardless of what we think of the money side of it, they're down. So there's a lot going on. And the other issue, of course, on the broader news that we link into is Shane Warne, and you might think, Really? What's that got to do with um, anything? Well, there's been a few, um, you know, comments about um, Shane Warne um, on a lot of levels, and um, there was an article um, in Star Observer that went up um, yesterday after the announce, announcement, and the, I think it's fair to say the shock of his sudden death in Thailand, about how he supported LGBT people. And um, um, sort of... Um, um, Nevena Sporovska, formerly convener of the Victorian Pride Lobby, tweeted, Rest easy, you advocated for, yes, backed gender-neutral cricket language and pioneered this linear goatee look. There's a picture of him there in some weird headgear. Um, you'll be missed. Um, 
and um, Hannah Mouncey, who people remember around four and a bit years ago, was at the centre of debate about um, trans women in AFLW, and Hannah's sent a tweet, one of the very, very few people who left themselves wide open by giving a bit of support when I had nothing, no one, and most needed it. My tweet was nothing to do with footy. He made it about it, and in doing so made me a um, more a bit of a lift. He will never know a true legend. Um, so, um, now I think that's um, now really important. And um, Mardi Gras did mention that um, Shane was a, sp- a supporter of the Rainbow Communities and an ally. And he backed marriage equality and, um, you know, sort of, um, I think that's, um, you know, I think really important. So there's um, been, you know, a few things in there that link these things together. Um, And um, what else has been um, going on? But, you know, I still have my issues with Mardi Gras. It's interesting, just under the Star Observer post, I mentioned there's a post Voice Australia star Penelope Pettigrew leads bisexual float. Now, I knew some of the bi organisers. They couldn't get the numbers they pulled out, so someone else took over. And um, the Bi Plus Visibility Float will run for the fourth consecutive year under the bi umbrella. And, um, you know, I just find this, you know, it's great that there's bi people there, but it should be pointed out, as was mentioned on the show a couple of years ago when I interviewed Maria Paiotti Chiroli, how biphobic Mardi Gras was. And you can't just ignore that and say, oh, look, look, but let's do toxic positivity. It's all great now. And um, you know, I think that um, Mardi Gras still has some work to do to rebuild connections with the bi community. And when you consider that New South Wales is the only jurisdiction of state, territory, federal, not to have bisexual in their anti-discrimination law, that's you know, pretty weak. Now, I don't want to get into a Melbourne, Sydney, hell in a cell match. Um, there's the obligatory wrestling reference for the show. Um, but, you know, when I hear stuff like Sydney calls itself the, the gay capital or the LGBTI capital and they have, you know, the worst birth certificate laws in the country and very little chance of reform prospects and, you know, no buy coverage in their anti-discrimination law and, I don't know, I just think that... Um, you know, well, little this may be a little politically incorrect, but someone once described t- Sydney as tits and glitz. Now, yes, politically incorrect, but um, also um, reasonably accurate. Um, so, um, and um, um, I just think that, you know, this, I just get sick of hype, you know, and toxic positivity. Let's get some something substantial going. Um so um, there's my thoughts. But I didn't watch the telecast. Um, if you did, um, if you're listening to the repeat or on demand or the podcast of the show at any point, kind of let me have your thoughts if you did watch it and what you think. How do we get Mardi Gras sort of to be a bit more, um, you know, sort of a bit more, um, you know, um, you know, inclusive. And on Shane Warne, Mel's come in and said, not a huge fan, to be honest, but loved the analysis. He was a flawed man. Didn't know that about Shane Warne, but I'm guessing referring to his support of queer, good to know. And, um, yeah, um, Hopler said much, uh, Peter said much the same over on another medium. Um, that Yeah, and look, Shane Warne said um, that, you know, in his own words, he said, I know I'm a bit of a dick. At least he admits it. <laughs> a lot of people who would, you know, that sort of thing. And that's all I'm going to say. Don't do that. All right. I'm running out of time on the show. Let's have a couple of messages and then come back and wrap it all up. And 
tell you about next week and what it might be and might not be. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. A system based on profits, inequality and oppression cannot deliver a society that works for ordinary people. Capitalism has to go. During this global pandemic, millions of lives have been sacrificed by the let it rip strategy, all for the sake of the capitalist economy. The far right is on the offensive, in parliament and on the streets, and all the while, our planet continues to burn. Now, more than ever, we need revolution. We need socialism. This April, the Marxism 2022 conference will bring together revolutionaries and radicals from across the globe to address the pressing need to fight the right and rebuild the left. Talks, discussions, film screenings and interviews will cover the history of working-class struggle and burning questions for socialists today. Get your ticket to the biggest left-wing conference in Australia at marxismconference.org. We have a world to win. Marxism 2022 is a 3CR supporter. Join 3CR for a day of special programming in celebration of International Women's Day on Tuesday the 8th of March. With a stellar lineup featuring 24 hours of international current affairs, music, arts, activism, culture and much, much more. This is a unique broadcast that you won't hear anywhere else. We'll bring you the usual celebration of non-conforming feminism. No leadership breakfast here. Just 24 hours of grassroots radical discussions by women and gender non-conforming presenters, producers and musicians dismantling the patriarchy. Taking collective action and imagining the future of feminism. This year's celebrations include a street party in the lane alongside 3CR from 4pm to 8pm in Little Victoria Street. There'll be music, performers, food and friends. Can't make it? You can also listen live. This is a COVID-safe event. So join 3CR in celebrating the amazing women and gender non-conforming people in your community from midnight Monday the 7th of March until midnight on Tuesday the 8th of March. For full details, head to the website 3cr.org.au slash IWD2022. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three cr.org.au, three CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally just about at the end of the show on this um, first broadcast of Sunday the sixth of March. Freedom of Species is up next, and their guest will be Shannon talking about animals in settler colonial Australia and the work that we as white settler animal advocates and or vegans can do against colonialism. Pasha and Gooksy chime in too, who look like two talkative birds. Um, coming up um, if you're listening live on 3CR or Remember Podcast or On Demand. Um, very quickly, I went to a wonderful party last night. I was going to watch Mardi Gras. When I say party, not a party party, a dinner um, with friends I haven't seen in ages, not just because of COVID. We were sitting around saying, when was the last time we had us all together around a dinner table? At most years, it seemed, at least five at a conservative number. And they were friends I went to uni with and hadn't seen them for a long time. People's lives have taken journeys um, and some twists and turns and unexpected things that I would not have expected. And, well, there you go. But it was just a very pleasant night. 
and you know how you know a lot of talk um people range of backgrounds and just how things are you know are changing i do believe um very quickly last comments um in on the day um in from peter um that um you know sort of um um, Mardi Gras, and I hope I've got this in context, Peter. It's gay friendly for rich white queer people. Yeah, that's about right. Hamish mentioned the bi float, and um, yep, I think that just about covers it. Now, next week, I'm going up to chill out, so it's probably going to be a repeat um, of the of a, of a show. Um, we'll fig- I'll figure something out. Um, before I head home today, I better. Um, otherwise, I might not get back in. Um, so, yes, nothing. Um, I won't be either live. If I get in to do a pre-record, I will. But I do want to head up to chill out um, and see what's happening in the country. So I won't be here um, next week. Um, and um, um, you'll have to look after yourselves on the Labor Day long weekend. So International Women's Day, I meant um, be at Manningham um, in my local area on Tuesday morning. ASU and then the rally um, Tuesday afternoon and hopefully I've got enough caffeine in me to pop over to the street party here at 3CR. All happening. And then, of course, um, Monday week is Labor Day. Mel's quickly chipped in. Am I a cricket fan? I don't mind it. Um, you know, sort of, um, I do prefer tests more than, than one day and I've never watched a T20. Um, but I'm not a mega fan or anything. I don't have to watch it or things like that. We'll take it out today with an awesome woman, woman um, who and some great music from her, the fabulous Emma Wall, um, and um, a track from one of her early albums. The album was called Sneak. This track is Any Minute Now. Any Minute Now. I'll be finishing the show on your last message, Mel. Um, despite the issues of Marty Grape broadens the horizons of the ABC audience represent, representation matters. That's a fair call. Um, so that's a nice positive note to end on. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.